Welcome to Friday Friends, RI Elder Info's weekly look at the organizations and individuals providing resources for Rhode Island seniors, caregivers, and professionals. You caught me dancing again. I really do love that intro music. It is Friday, and this is Deb Burton, Executive Director of RI Elder Info. So you know on Friday, I come to you with our Friday Friends show, where we talk to people and organizations that you or someone you know needs to know about. So please hit the like button, the share button, all those bells and whistles that indicate on social media that you really got to see this. Because today we're talking to an organization that is really doing a lot of amazing work here in the state and provides some really unsung resources. And we're trying to get the word out. So help us spread the word by sharing this out among your friends and family members. There may be folks out there who really need this information and they have not let you know so by you sharing it you're helping them discreetly so i am really glad that we can do this every week and it would not be possible without the support of our sponsors so a huge thank you to aetna to oak street health and united healthcare thank you to jd solutions and england studio and 321 media we really could not do that without the support of our annual sponsors and we are also very grateful to our friday friends sponsor ocean state center for independent living here is a message from oso did you know that smart home technology may help you live more independently? People with disabilities may apply for smart home technology through Ocean State Center for Independent Living Smart Home Technology Program. Devices include smart locks, video doorbells, alerting systems, smart bulbs, and smart hubs, and two months of connectivity. You must be a Rhode Island resident with a disability and fall within this program's financial guidelines. For more information, call us at 401-738-1013 or contact us by email at info at osil.org. So I am really excited to bring my guest up, Debbie Bennett. She is the Community Engagement Manager at the MS Society. Welcome, Debbie. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I really um, appreciate you coming on today, Debbie. It's been my pleasure to prepare for this and um, to be here and meet everyone. I hope they get something out of it. Absolutely. So if you'll just share with everyone, what is MS and the role of the MS Society? The, so I'll talk a little bit about multiple sclerosis first for people who might be not familiar with it. It is um, an unpredictable disease of the central nervous system, which disrupts the flow of information within the brain and between the brain and the body. That's because it's considered an immune mediated disease, which means that the body is attacking myelin, which is like a fatty sheath covering the nerve fibers in the spinal column. Now it can cause symptoms such as fatigue, numbness, pain, optic neuritis, cognitive changes, and occasionally paralysis. 
Oh, wow. The thing to remember about MS is that everyone's MS experience is very different. What someone experiences one day, they might not experience the next day. And there is really no way to predict with any certainty how MS will progress. But there are many treatments available which have proven to slow the progression of the disease and reduce relapses. Um, anyone can develop MS, but some patterns do exist. For example, women are three times as likely as men to develop MS. And most, most ethnic groups see multiple sclerosis. For a very long time, it was considered a disease of white women. However, studies now indicate that more Black people have the disease than previously thought. There is also an increased rate in the Hispanic Latinx community. And although MS is not directly inherited, there is a genetic predisposition which increases the risk of developing MS, as well as environmental factors um, such as low vitamin D and cigarette smoking. They've also been shown to increase risk. And most people are diagnosed between the ages of 20 and 40, but older adults and children may also develop MS. And although MS is not fatal or contagious, there are nearly a million people living in the United States with MS. Well, I can tell you an overview of the National MS Society as well. Um, so the um, MS Society was founded in 1946 by a woman named Sylvia Lowry, who placed a very small ad in the New York Times that said something like, MS, if anyone's been recovered from it, please contact me. And, you know, she got a lot of response, no, not from anyone who had been um, cured, but Sylvia realized the need for an organized effort to encourage and finance research into the cause, treatment, and a cure for multiple sclerosis. So she created a movement by and for people affected by MS, and we're now a 50-state network. The Society's vision is a world free of MS, and our mission we will cure MS while empowering people affected by MS to live their best lives. We're a multifunctional volunteer organization and we're committed to funding research. We are the largest private funder of MS research in the world. Um, we empower people through our advocacy to help affect public policy on the federal, state, and local levels. Our programs are supported by various special events that raise funds like Bike MS, Walk MS, Climb MS, and something called Jet Pull, which is in Rhode Island at the airport. Yes, I will be pulling a jet for the very first time this year. And that sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> anyone who wants to come and volunteer, it's September 23rd at the airport. We'd love to see you there. Um, <laughs> We also help bring awareness about to understand this complex and very unpredictable disease. And we really believe in comprehensive healthcare. So we provide access to affordable, high quality healthcare. And while we're searching for a cure, we help people meet the daily challenges of living with MS. So for instance, we have an MS Navigator program, which is a nationwide team of highly skilled professionals providing one-to-one -one solutions for what can be complex problems at times. So they can provide information on various topics. They can provide referrals to healthcare service providers. They can provide case management 
in people's homes who are facing multiple needs and need multiple resources to be placed. They can provide financial assistance on a small level when all of the resources have failed. Um, if maybe you've purchased a wheelchair and can't afford a ramp now, they can contribute to something like that sometimes. And they're available from 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern time, Monday through Friday, by phone, by email, and by chat. Um, I've given some resources to Deb. So the phone number for MS Navigators is 1-800-344-4867, but it'll be on a list of other resources that I've um, created. So the impact that we're trying to make through our services is to empower people to solve everyday challenges by connecting them to information, resources, and community support that we hope will result in positive life changes. And the society does provide different opportunities. So our educational programs, for instance, are sometimes available in person, local communities. Sometimes they're virtual annually. Sometimes they're monthly, like we have monthly webinars. We have a weekly Ask the Expert. We actually have a quarterly Ask the Expert specific to veterans. And we have an annual Black MS experience, an annual Hispanic Latinx MS experience. Most of these programs are archived and always available on our website if you've missed one. Um, we have a calendar full of programs at www.nationalmssociety.org, where you can find a lot of the information that I'm talking about today. We also have a very robust healthcare access team that works to outreach, educate, and inspire healthcare professionals to focus on MS. And that focus is on comprehensive care, which provides coordinated healthcare that promotes comfort, function, independence, health, and wellness. In 2019, the National MS Society signed a memorandum of agreement with the Department of Veterans Affairs on MS Centers of Excellence. This, these centers are to improve care and expand resources for veterans living with multiple sclerosis and their families. And there are approximately 70 regional programs. So we also try to connect people to, with one-on-one -on -one so that they can provide emotional support and have an opportunity to network with someone who might be having a shared experience as you. So for instance, we have a variety of self-help groups. They provide community connection and group conversation. They could include targeted populations like just men with MS or LGBTQ+. Um, mostly these are led by a person affected by MS and they're either in person, in a community, or many of them are nationwide and virtual. Um, in fact, there's a veteran self-help group that meets virtually on the second Thursday of every month. Um, I've also provided information on that um, to Deb. We also have our MS Friends program, which is peer support through peering individuals, people with a trained volunteer one-to-one. -one. So these people provide emotional support with an empathetic ear and make it a safe space for confidential conversation. And they usually do this either by phone, by email, or by chat, whatever is most comfortable. And it's a relationship that can last for six months. We also encourage people to join our online communities like Facebook community group, the Mighty or Discord, 
because those communities are available anytime, whenever you need them. So no one should have to face MS alone and no one has to. Please reach out to the National MS Society. Thank you so much. And thank you, Deb, for inviting me. Debbie, this has been amazing. I did not realize the difference in the increased diagnosis and how MS was initially considered a white woman's disease. That's that's fascinating. Um, I'm, I'm glad to hear that this is something that doctors are really looking at across the diversity spectrum. I think that's really important. And I love that it was started by a woman who just put an ad in the paper, you know, and there's not a cure for MS yet, right? Not yet. But this is the first time I must say in, I've worked for the MS Society for 29 years. And this is the first time they are really talking about a cure possibly coming in our lifetime. So it's very hopeful time. A lot of research is happening. Um, we have a lot of programs going on and uh, we welcome the calls. So anybody who has questions, please reach out to us. Yeah. And it, it's, awesome that you have a navigator program because i think sometimes you know that's one of the challenges that ra elder info hears all the time is how do we navigate the health and social service system so that's amazing that you're offering that and all these different support groups too yes and the navigators are most of them social workers they're mostly trained social workers which is really what you need on the other end of a phone call when you have questions and need resources yeah, that is, that is awesome. So the MS Society does so many different things. I think you mentioned that for some, if people really kind of hit a wall and they need a little extra financial support to, to get that ramp or something like that, the MS Society does have some funds available for certain individuals? They do. They, there's an application process, of course. Um, but they do have stipends that they can assist with. They will also look into the community for other resources. So maybe if you could put in a little money and they can put in a little money and they can find it in another organization, they'll help pull it all together and get the, uh, if it's durable medical equipment, if it's home care, um, case management, anything like that. Um, just give them a call. They also have specialists in health insurance, any kind of entitlement questions people have, um, employment, if you're having issues with employment, so you can ask to speak to a specialist in that as well. Wow. it It's so comprehensive. It is good to share the information and resources that are available at the MS Society. Is the MS Society a nonprofit? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. And we're so, considered a voluntary um, organization. Like we run all of our events with volunteers and uh, staff, of course, but um, all, all of our events are staffed by volunteers, hundreds. Do you have a lot of volunteers to pull the plane? So, the, so this is a fundraising event, right? And um, you have to have 25 people on a team of which I don't yet. So if anybody oh. wants to join my team, <laughs> Please do that. Um, you have to have 25 people, but there are volunteers there who, you know, cheer you on, who check people in, who um, uh, um, distribute food. There's just always a job for volunteers, but um, anybody can do it. That's awesome. So with all the things that are going on, 
as a nonprofit, if somebody is watching and they want to help support, what would be the best way to do it? Do you need more volunteers other than pulling the plane? Do you have other fundraisers coming up? Do you just take donations through the website? What would be most helpful to help the MS Society be able to continue all of the amazing programs that you're doing? So all of those things you mentioned, donations online are always welcome. Volunteers, we always need more volunteers um, at all of our events. Um, like I mentioned, the walk, we have bike, we have climb, we have a, a, a variety of, um, of special events. But we also need people who can um, facilitate self-help groups. And we, those MS friends I talked about, if you want to talk to somebody else and share your experience with someone, we need people to do that. We need healthcare professionals who are willing to volunteer their time and make educational presentations. Um, we need volunteers at those educational presentations to help us with checking in people and, again, distributing food or um, just being connected to somebody else with MS is a huge volunteer opportunity. Yeah. Sometimes it's when you are sharing someone, sharing with someone who is having the same experience as you, there is a great deal of support and a different level of communication. That's right. Absolutely. I tell every time I leave a support group, I tell people, you know, you came here looking for support but you've also provided someone else with a tremendous amount of support. It works both ways. Absolutely. Debbie, I'm so glad that you had time to take out of your day to come on Friday Friends because the stuff that's being done at the MS Society is absolutely amazing. And I feel like it needs to be like shouted from the rooftop. <laughs> Thank you so much. I really appreciate this opportunity to share what we do. Thank you. Thank you. Folks, it really is an amazing resource and you never know because as Debbie said, MS affects people differently and even differently day to day. So there may be someone you know who is experiencing MS or caring for someone who is. So it's really important that we help get the word out. You know, many hands make the load light. Please share this out and let folks know that help is available. That's the most important thing. You know, we are all in this together. So I thank you very much for joining me this morning. I hope you have a wonderful week. I will see you next Friday at 9. In the meantime, be well and be kind. If you like this video, please follow us on social media and subscribe on YouTube. For more information, visit rielderinfo.com or call 401-585-0509. If you have any questions, email deb at rielderinfo.com.